Katie, I did not expect your first appearance on the Nasara podcast to be about this subject. Ooh, yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> so is it safe to say you have survived and recovered from coronavirus? Are you still going through stuff? Like what, what's the deal? And tell us your story, please. Yeah, um, yeah, I am better. I was given the go-ahead to leave yesterday by the Ministry of the Salud because when you get it, they end up giving you I don't remember the actual name of it, but it's some sort of sanitary, you have to stay away from people order and you can get in trouble if you don't follow it. Um, so my release date was yesterday, um, but yesterday was actually, I think 18 days since my first symptom. So it was well past what anybody recommends, the CDC and you know other health professionals, including the Ministry of the Salud. But after speaking to the doctor, um, we kind of came to that conclusion together that I would wait until Monday not only because I wanted to be a hundred percent sure, but also because I didn't think the town would be ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you're the first person that I I'm aware of to publicly come out and say, yes, I caught it. I'm here right now. And you're, and we have, this is no pre-planned discussion. I'm just grateful for what you're doing and whatever you're about to say. Can, can you kind of walk us through, are you happy and alive and life's okay? Or are you mad at yourself for some crazy thing happening or was it bad luck? Like just talk us through like the whole, mental yeah, part so, of it yeah thank you i'm not i'm not mad about anything um i went to a dinner party with there was nine of us in total so yes that's more than what is recommended but it's also nothing crazy i don't think it's anything that anybody else hasn't been doing during this time you know we've been on lockdown since march um we can't expect to be perfect um so that was on the 22nd of august and like i said we all had dinner and you know, we had some drinks and it was great, <laughs> super fun. Nobody felt sick. Um, and it was a few days later that one of my girlfriends who was at that party wrote to me and said that her partner wasn't feeling well and that she wasn't feeling well. Um, and then that following Wednesday, so maybe four days later, I stopped feeling well. And as soon as I started feeling poor, I went straight home um, just because I just got nervous, you know, I felt, I, I was telling people, it's definitely grief A, it's definitely grief A, but I'm gonna go home. Um, and then a few days after that, so that was a Wednesday, I went home, the 26th was the first day of my symptoms. And then that following Friday, so a few days later, I lost my taste of smell 100%. Like I've never experienced that, even with a regular cold or the flu, I've never really lost it. Like Chris had just bought a new bottle of, of scotch whiskey, which is my favorite drink. To have you know before bed or whatever after work and i stuck my nose in the bottle and i couldn't smell anything like it was gone and so, so this, was that your first uh, actual test for coronavirus was you couldn't smell anything anymore personal test yeah i was stuck my and like the rubbing alcohol that i was putting on my hand i could put my hands up to my nose and not smell it and you know that normally burns your nose hairs um and so when that happened i said to chris i think that this is more than a cold <laughs> and i think i need to get tested um, I'd been in communication with all of my friends that had been at that party. We'd all been speaking to each other, um, not out in the public, obviously, but we'd been, you know, just staying in touch. And I think seven of the nine felt bad, felt ill. Hey, can um, I pause just a moment and ask you, when you first said you felt ill or when you stopped feeling well, what did you feel? Griefing. I felt griefing. I felt, um, I felt a little congested. I felt a little feverish, like a little bit of a headache. So it started very mild. And um, it was very, it was disguised very well. Okay, so um, that was like two or three or four days of just standard stuff. 
yeah, I think four, four days, three, four days after that, after my, my point of contact, to be honest, I think I got it from the party, but I don't know. Nobody knows. I think it's pretty easy to say that that's where it happened because all of us ended up feeling ill or most of us did. Um, but who knows? It could have been the grocery store. I mean, <laughs> there's no one to blame really, but um, I got the test the following Monday. They came to my house. I, I called a private lab in Nicoya. Um, I had to pay 95,000 polones for them to come to my house and test me. It's worth it. Um, I felt like it was worth it, definitely. Yeah. But I also understand that there's a lot of people to where that's a lot of money to them. And so you can go through the Ministerio de Salud number listed on any anywhere you Google um, that you call. But I just, I would rather pay for convenience. And that's what I did. Um, so it came back, how long? How long did it take? How long did it take for them to come test me or the test itself? All, I guess all of it, like just. They, well, it was kind of a bit of a like snafu at first because they, um, they came to test me, or sorry, I asked for the test, but they told me they couldn't come until the weekend. This was on a Monday. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so I asked them to sign me up for the weekend. But then they ended up calling me Monday afternoon saying they had some extras and asked if I wanted to take the test right now. So I was out cleaning horse stalls and just, yeah, okay, sure, please come. Um, and so they came to my house immediately. I had to bring a table and chairs out into my garden and keep them, you know, 1.8 meters apart. Um, and then, yeah, they did the test. The test was really- That was on a Monday. That was on a Monday. And then it came back. How long did it take to come back? The Two results? Days. Okay. 48 okay. hours. Um, yeah, the test was really, really unpleasant. <laughs> I have been telling everybody that. Um, but I don't think that that should put people off from getting it because it's fast. But oh my gosh, they stick that thing so far up in there. I mean, <laughs> you're right. I had one done. I had to go to SEMA for a recent injury myself and they gave me a test. And uh, yeah, I remember the test. I don't remember a lot about that night, but I remember that test. It goes deep. Gosh, it was, yeah, and I think that, I don't know, everybody's experience with it is different, but I do think that the, you know, the common thing that people are saying is it's really, really unpleasant. So <laughs> I'm hoping they'll come out with something a little bit nicer. I know that in the States, they're starting to do mouth swabs, but not here well, yet. So, so back to your story. So you're, you're several days into it. The test comes back as positive. Did your heart drop? Like, what was the emotions? Or were you super relaxed about it? Like, no, what was I the deal? because I actually thought that um, I actually kind of thought that it was I definitely thought it was COVID because at that point I was experiencing headaches and um, really really bad headaches and fevers and it just was starting to feel less and less like like a griefing you know it's it was more and more something new more and more something serious yeah I, I don't normally get headaches I'm not somebody who suffers from headaches regularly or from migraines but these knocked me out I think you know I think I was experiencing that for maybe four days wow um, and it was it was horrible it was really uncomfortable so um, the I, so the intensity really picked up it sounds like um yeah the intensity really picked up I personally never struggled with breathing which I feel super fortunate for. I don't have any underlying conditions. I don't have asthma. Um, and so I, I don't think that my experience is what a lot of people have. I do think that I had a, a quite mild case relatively. Thank goodness for that. And I definitely don't want people to think that this is just another flu because it's not. But um, as far as breathing goes, I was always okay. And I feel really grateful for that. So 
Yeah. Yeah. That my big fear is I have asthma and yeah. <clears throat> I'm scared. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, Chris, the, the crazy thing too is Chris and I, we didn't separate. Chris is my partner for those watching who don't know. We didn't separate um, at all during this and he never got symptoms or anything. He stayed home with me just as a precautionary since we were obviously in contact, sleeping in the same bed, everything. Um, but he never had any symptoms. And then he actually tested last week and he tested negative. So I don't know if he had it and then got over it by the time he tested because they don't have antibody testing here yet. Uh, or if he's just some superhuman that was immune to it. But yeah, so he was in the same house as me, but not, not sick. Um, yeah. Wow. So if you could go back in time and redo this thing, would you do anything differently? And if so, like, what would that be? Um, I don't think I would, to be honest. I don't think it's fair to, um, like I said at the beginning, having a, having a gathering of nine people is definitely more than they recommend. But I know that we weren't the only ones that had been doing that. Most of the people in that group were friends that I spend time with. You know, they're kind of in my inner circle. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I wish I would have done some sort of public post ahead of time because what happened was I, I started telling people and I had no issues with people knowing about it because I think that that is important. It's easier for contact tracing. You know, there's, there's certain people I was in contact with that I forgot about that ended up reaching out to me. So if everybody knows who has it, it's easier to know who you've been in contact with. Um, well, that's why I, you doing this right now, Katie, is so important because Dr. Alejandro has, has said on this podcast, dozens of times tell communicate because that way they can trace it and it can save more people and help more people but if when people are like oh i don't want to say anything because i don't want this to happen or them to know about her or him it's really yeah. messing up the people who are trying to work on this so thank you for what you're doing yeah and look it definitely happened like i um i don't blame people for wanting to keep it in the dark because there was a lot of rumors going around people were really judgmental about it um uh, you know saying it to other people, saying it to me in particular, my phone was blowing up after I got my results back and I started telling people, um, you know, from folks that like I barely communicate with. And, and I, I, at first I was upset about it. I was really taken aback by it and my feelings were hurt. I was angry. Um, I couldn't understand why I was being shamed while also trying to recover from a virus. Yes, I was, that's what I wanted to pause and and ask about were, was this at the peak of the the illness and feeling horrible while this was all happening yeah it kind of yeah it was because you know if you think about it i'd had symptoms for a week by the time i got my results back so i was i was still very much in it um but i was getting better and that's another thing too is i got my i got my results a week after my symptoms so now i'm out and i've been you know i've been home for almost three weeks but I feel like some people are only just getting the news. And so they're seeing me wow. out thinking, oh my God, she's still sick. Like, no, I'm not sick. I'm, I've been smart about it. You know, I've, I've gotten the go ahead to leave. But I also decided, you know, like I said, I was angry for a day. Um, and then I realized that I need to be compassionate. Number one, because you shouldn't let what people think about you bring you down. You know, it's very cliche. But also number two, people are just scared mm -hmm. and they react um, differently than they would if they yeah, fear makes people act in a crazy way. So I don't think a lot of people that were a bit um, judgmental 
towards me have since apologized, which is really, really nice. That says a lot. And at the end of the day, my friends were still my friends. You know, I never lost friendships about over it. I never lost relationships. The only people that were giving me a hard time were people that I'm not really that close to anyway. Um, and I had tons of friends out in town, you know, sharing my story. And I've told people, feel free to share my story. Feel free to make sure, just make sure everybody knows the facts so that there is no, you know, there's no rumors around that. I don't know. You know. Well, you're helping solidify that here right now. So what do you, what do you think other people should learn from this? Like when <clears throat> you've been hearing people talk about this for months and then all of a sudden you're the one who has it, you lived it, you've been on the waiting for it. I know it's around the area. Maybe it's not. Well, hell, I'm just going to go out with some friends and then boom, you've been on each side of this thing. What, what do you say to all of us who still haven't caught it yet? Are we been able to dodge the bullet so far? Like, what do we need to know about? Like, what can you share with us? Well, I will definitely say it needs to be taken seriously um, because it is not just the flu. It is definitely different and it is more challenging to deal with health-wise and not only for yourself but for the people around you like you know all you have to do is touch the wrong thing after you know touching your mouth and then you could you could jeopardize someone's life um so it needs to be taken seriously so just wear your masks and be as careful as you can be and then also be nice to people like just be kind and be compassionate and understand that nobody is perfect nobody gets sick on purpose it's not one person's fault I'm not patient zero, none of my friends are patient zero, like it came from somewhere. Um, and I would like to ask, I, I would never judge someone for not telling the truth about it, but if you do have it, don't be afraid to tell people that you do because um, it will be okay, you know, it will pass. People might be judgmental, but they'll get over it. And it's easier for everyone to know who has it because then we can contact, contact trace easier and yeah, and then move on. Fantastic words. Uh, is there anything else to add or did you say it all right there? No, I think, oh, one thing I do want to add is that my friends and my friends and even some acquaintances were so great to Chris and I bringing us food, having food delivered. Like I, I have a trip that I need to make around town to pay all these restaurants because restaurants were sending us food without charging us because obviously we couldn't contact them. And so I just, I just love the people of this town. I know that it was a little bit challenging for me as far as judgment and shaming, but for the most part, like everybody took care of us. People were bringing us groceries. People were bringing us, you know, whatever we needed. Um, and that was really nice. So I'm super grateful to my friends and yeah, <laughs> love your friends because they'll take care of you whenever you need them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably one of, if not the most interesting and and pretty cool thing about this place is when something goes wrong you really people really get together it's good stuff so i'm glad that happened for you and thanks yeah. to everyone for taking care of you i'm glad you're smiling and happy and officially yeah. alive <laughs> thanks for coming on here uh, it was great having you yeah all right thanks so much Rich. good to see you you too